tonight. Welcome back. It's that time on a Thursday night when we welcome in Tim Lundy with Hiking on with Tim Lundy. How are you doing, Tim? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Very good. Usually you come in and tell us uh, what has our mountains been like in terms of uh, a safety and rescue aspect. Yeah, generally they have been relatively quiet because the weather has been playing quite a bit of a factor. I think I may have brought back the UK weather with me. <laughs> <laughs> this wind has been playing some havoc over the last uh, few days, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that I didn't bring back, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in line with that, in safety and, 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 uh, and rescue, tonight we're going to be talking about the importance of first aid, knowing first aid and maybe even how to just treat basic injuries. Just why, generally, why is it important for people who use use our mountains or use our paths to know just a basic amount of first aid basically the short answer to that is because when you're out there you're out there and there's no quick solution you can't quickly call an ambulance and they they're there or quickly pop down to the doctor because nine times out of ten you're an hour or two away from your car so mm. you know that that's if you can walk if you can't walk then you're a lot longer away so Knowing how to treat somebody or try and stabilize somebody is very, very important. Is that then, then the difference between hiking somewhere along the Table Mountain range than, for example, going to hike in the Boerland? Uh, more often than not, if you were to peek through the trees, you maybe see, be able to see some sort of residential area. But the point is, how do you get there if you are, you are incapacitated or you're unable to move? Look, the truth of the matter is that if you are, the further you get out of the city, the longer it's going to take generally for services to get to you. Um, that's not to say that out in the rural areas they don't have mm. services, they do. Um, but the spaces between towns and stuff is much, much bigger. So in order to get to the mountainside, it's going to take them a lot longer. Mm. Um, and to, to get teams and stuff there to, to actually mm. go in because you can't just send a paramedic on his own. Mm. Nine times out of ten, they're very good at doing paramedic stuff. They're not so great at walking stuff. <laughs> that's <laughs> and where that's where you come in, exactly. <laughs> but, but what do you, would you reckon would be maybe the top three things that you, we would need to know about basic first aid especially when it comes to a, a, a hiking and mountain context look i think the, the thing that we've got to remember is that you're not going to perform an operation out there you're definitely not going to um be the doctor or anything like that so you need to have very very basic stuff so one of the things that i would say is probably one of the most important in a first aid kit would be bandages mm. um, it's the one thing in my first aid kit that i am constantly running out of um, not because I have lots of people that are injuring themselves, but bandages are one of those things that um, to stem the bleeding and to, to stop something quickly or a sprained ankle, you can wrap it up. And in order to do that, that's one whole bandage gone. So you just need to replace those kind of things. So bandages have more than just the use of, of stopping bleeding. Mm. They, can, they can act as a sling. They can, they can you know, strap. They can they firm can strap, up something. Exactly. So they, they've got multi, multi uses. Mm. Um, so bandages definitely be one of them. The other one that I definitely go through a lot of is, um, plasters, um, of all shapes and sizes. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we do, we, we, we walk past a rock and you cut yourself. Or, mm. you know, so you just quickly, and uh, especially if you're walking with kids, they, mm. 
plasters will make the, the world of difference. Mm. Now, obviously, we can't carry, you know, an enormous first aid bag like paramedics. It's, it's impractical. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, we would need, you know, uh, the basics. Well, what would be the, the correct size? I have a little, you know, pouch size. It's probably the size of two hands that has basic yeah. plasters, bandages, and, and maybe even some saline drops for your eyes. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. You don't want to have to try and carry a jump bag. I've tried once before um, to help a paramedic out, and those things weigh way much more than my, my backpack um, because they literally have to carry everything with them because they're sort of a, a walking hospital, if you will. Um, so, yeah, the, the, your ideal size would probably be about a lunchbox size. Mm. Um, you can get quite a lot of plasters, bandages into it. Um, you can get uh, Detol is another one of those things that is definitely very much, you know, just try and stop infection and try and clean up uh, wounds before you, you just strap them. Don't mm. just strap them straight away. There's this thing called the golden hour in th- the time in which uh, a person is injured or something happens to a person and mm. and the time that um, medical aid or medical services react. Yeah. Uh, just tell us a bit about the golden hour. Why is it important to get help for that person in that very critical time? So, look, it's widely believed that around the world, um, medical services believe that um, if something were to happen to you, um, quite critical, that that first hour is the most important hour in mm. order for them to, from the time that the call comes in or the accident happens to the time that they've got you into a hospital or or to proper care, even, even paramedic, where they can actually stabilize you. Unfortunately, on the mountains, it's going to take a lot longer than an hour. Mm. We just don't have that luxury. I mean, I remember a, uh, <laughs> there was a paramedic who was doing rescue standby with us, and um, he'd never done it before. And he said, right, so who's going to be carrying the paddles? And I said, the paddles? Well, you, you mean the defibrillator? And he's like, yeah, so we don't use defibrillators. <laughs> that thing weighs a ton. There's no way you're going to get that thing out there. I mean, nowadays, um, we've got much smaller ones that are lighter but mm. even those are still quite heavy um, to to have in a backpack and to try and carry mm. but um, those ones are mm. you can you know they've, they've designed them so that they are very light but the, the traditional ones are way too much if you have a question for Tim Landy you can call us on 021-446-0567 or you can drop us a WhatsApp on 072-567-1567 with your questions your queries or maybe just asking for some advice from Tim an experienced hiker who comes onto our show every Thursday I have a question and I've seen this happening Um, someone has fallen tripped hurt the ankle Um, we don't know whether it's broken or not or just badly sprained but then what tends to happen I and would be a blazing hot day. I've seen people start getting the shivers. I would start people reacting and start shivering, chattering their teeth. Why? Why would that happen? Look, there can be a number of things, but one of the one of the common things is is shock. Mm. Um, when when people and especially I've seen it on the mountain. You know, it's you you, you generally get it when you've had an accident. It's your body of your body's way of kind of reacting to what has just happened, the, the shock that it's going into, that it will start to shake and um it can be quite disturbing to see but you've got to you've got to keep your wits about you and and just reassure the person that everything is going to be okay mm. um you know on the mountain you are very limited in what we can actually do and as first aiders yeah it's it's very very difficult you can only 
you know, the one thing that you can really do is just reassure and hold somebody's hand and actually just be there for them. I think that often, more often than not, mm. is um, really does help because people do panic. Mm. What is quite interesting in terms of our, our laws, our, 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 our that, that sort of govern medicine is that it's very tricky as a first aider to 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 do things you could get into some serious trouble yes. uh, for example um let, let me just use the out uh, very out the example someone eats something and they and they they can't breathe and the yeah, larynx track, yeah. and then yeah. they, and to do a a emergency tracheotomy there as a person who is not a doctor who has but has seen something like that on tv it's a very out, out the example yeah that is technically would be against the law wouldn't it Look, it's against the law to administer any drugs if mm. you are not a doctor or if you're not a paramedic that has passed um, certain exams that allows you to administer things like um, uh, the the painkiller. <laughs> uh, like Myprodol, for example. Some yeah, codeine. I mean, any, any of the, the really strong drugs, um, that the painkillers and stuff like that. If you're not licensed to... To administer those, mm. you don't. Um, so, in this, so, in this so country, it is it is a absolute what they they call nil by mouth, mm. um, which also means that you can't take water. You know, when somebody has been in a car accident or they've fallen or they get, try and not give them anything by by mouth. Let the paramedics do that. That's mm. what they train for. That's what their job is. They know what they're doing. Rather, don't start taking chances and definitely don't start administering mm. um, pills and stuff like that that you don't know. Because you don't, especially if, the, mm. if that uh, patient is unconscious, um, you don't know whether they're actually allergic to don't penicillin care. or whatever. So, so, it's so, so it's no use carrying, you know, Myprodol or some sort of codeine tablets or more muscle relaxant in a, in a first aid kit because you're not allowed to dispense and you don't know what that person's medical history. So you shouldn't be offering them in the first place. You shouldn't be offering them at all. Um, but that doesn't stop you from having pills like um, Panados for yourself. Mm. Um, but you cannot hand that out to other people. Mm. Um, because you can get into huge trouble for that if if they take that tablet um, and they then say choke on the tablet or you can get into huge trouble f for that because that could actually cause more problems mm. um, so the the rule of thumb is just stabilize don't try and um, sort the problem out in terms of trying to mm. fix the problem. That's there's not a, our problem. There's a message on the WhatsApp line that says, Tim, you forgot the most important thing uh, that should be in all first aid kits. Surgical gloves. Uh, advised to have at least three to five pairs. It's also advised to have uh, a CPR mouthpiece. Yes, absolutely. Those, you know, when you do these courses, they do hand those out. And um, do yourself a favor and go and buy a box of them. I've actually got a first aid kit that I put in the car. Um, and one in the backpack mm. as well um, because I'm not always with my backpack. Mm. And I have used the one in the car. Recently there was a, a girl who had been hit by a car on her motorbike and um, nobody had first aid. And 
And this, yeah, and this is a thing of, of actually having more than one because the, the first aid kit that I'm referring to is one that came that was a part of a gift package when I bought my car and was something that you were to keep in the cabio yes. for emergencies whenever you need it. Um, somehow it, it's gone from my cabio <laughs> to once in my backpack uh, to now sort of, sort of on the rack in the garage where all my DIY stuff is. The point <laughs> is to have, you know, a few a first few. aid kits kits you know around in case of emergency yeah look i mean you can do all the first aid you want in the world if you don't have the the basic tools and it makes your, your job really really hard and i've been in that situation where i've come across an accident um and there's actually nothing i can do mm. because i don't have bandages i don't have um plasters mm. or surgical gloves i mean again yeah surgical gloves are is a very good example of something that you must have in your backpack yeah. um or in your first aid kit, um, because you can't start now getting involved if there is blood everywhere. Mm. You can't just start putting because you don't know. It's ninety-nine percent of the time it's a complete stranger. I, I would guess that uh, ankle injuries are probably the number one injury that you would get on, yeah. on while while hiking. What would be the first advice or the first point of call if you have someone who who's twisted the ankle? Uh, we don't know if it's broken or not. Uh, yeah. we, we we can't tell if unless there's an X-ray machine. Exactly. What do you hard. do in that case? In that case, one of the things you do is try and lie the patient down and then elevate the foot because the longer the foot is down, um, the the more it's going to swell. Mm. So just try and keep them calm. Try and elevate it, um, and and then just you know either strap it up if it's not too bad but if if they can't put any pressure on it at all and you're stuck on the top of the mountain a lot of our calls are because of that i've been on the mountain and i've sprained my ankle on on two occasions now and i've got to tell you the mountain becomes 10 times bigger because you literally can't put one foot in front of the other because it's you just can't put any weight mm. on it Unfortunately, Tim, we're running out of time. We have about uh, 60 seconds, but you want to mm. talk to us about a, a family hike that you want to do sometime in December? Yeah, I think we, we, we the last one we did was ages ago. Yes, it has been a while. forgotten about it, and it's, uh, it's definitely time. So I think just before everyone mm. goes away on holiday, we should maybe get together and have a couple of people, you and I, um, go for a family walk and and. Um, yeah, I meet, think that's a, some of the view. a great idea. But lastly, give us some details on how people can get in touch with you if they want to organize a hike with you. Yeah, so if they want to um, email me, they can do so at tim at capetownhiking.ca.za. Uh, Twitter is at hiking Cape Town. Instagram is Cape Town Hiking. Um, yeah, and Facebook is Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy. A pleasure as always. I'm looking forward to that family hike, which we'll organize sometime in early December. Hiking with Tim Lundy, back on tonight with Lester next Thursday.